Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we believe your church can grow, your church should grow, and your personal growth as a leader really does make a difference. I'm here with my co-host, Logan. Logan, how is it going? It's going really well. How are you? Awesome. Summer's coming, and that means the Israel trip that we've put together through the growth company is happening. We leave in May 27th. What happened on May 27th, Logan, that's significant? Do you know? Oh, my goodness. Is this a history question or a pop culture question? Uh, maybe a little bit of both. Did a celebrity die? No. It was a good guess. It's the day I got saved. I got saved Aww. on May 27th, May 27th, 1990, so I'm leaving for the Holy Land. <laughs> I, well, I think that's kind of cool. This is kind of fitting cool. then. Are you ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm just curious. Why are you starting another church? <laughs> I'm just going to jump into that. Well, I, that is a, a great question, and it's a question that a lot of people have asked probably over the past, well, ever since it became public that I was I was launching a church, which was funny because when it became public, I hadn't launched it. I just filed the paperwork, um, but somebody did a story. So there's basically four reasons um, that I'm, I'm launching another church, and there's more, and it's a way more complex, but from a leadership perspective, there's four reasons that I'm launching another church. Number one is um, I believe my pain can help me relate to people I previously haven't been able to relate to. Um, you, you know, as I look back on the past, some of the things I said, as I look back, they, they could have been incredibly insensitive to people um, and not on purpose. And one of the things I've learned through this process is that people aren't necessarily looking for a hero. They're looking for somebody that, that they can identify with. And I don't, I don't think my story, and, and the one thing I don't want my story to do is give permission for people um, to go mess up. But I believe that what I've gone through can actually serve to give people hope that if there's, um, if there's a redemption story, maybe, maybe with me, that there could be a redemption story with them. No, I, I agree with you, but I think along with that story is also going to come people that say you're unqualified. So what do you say to that? Well, yeah, that could be a whole podcast. Um, first of all, this is the whole unqualified thing is honestly nothing new. I have never felt qualified to, to preach. I've never felt qualified to be in ministry. And I heard somebody say this recently and it made so much sense. And I agree with it a hundred percent. Um, the person that says they're unqualified doesn't scare me. The person that stands up on stage and says, I am qualified, that's something that the people that killed Jesus would have said, like the Pharisees. And so I'm, I'm always going to look to the person that has some scars rather than the person that puts on the perception of perfection because when they put on the perception of perfection, one of the things I've learned the hard way um, is they're hiding something. And at the end of the day, you know, people are really entitled to their opinions. Um, but I'm not doing church for the, the qualification committee. 
Um, I'm not going to fight with people who want to talk about my qualify, my qualification status. I, I really, really want to reach as many people as possible. And I think with 7 billion people on the planet and 4 billion not knowing Christ that we've got our work um, cut out for us. The second reason is um, I still believe in the power of the local church. But did you ever consider giving up on the church? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like, did. Let's be honest and real. I did. I did. I did. I was hurt. Um, I was I was angry um, at the church and at me. I mean, I'm not thro- I'm not throwing blame. I mean, I was mad at myself, too. Um, and so while I was hurt and angry at the church, I was absolutely positive about Jesus. But then, God, I still wrestled with some I just wrestled with some issues when it came to the church. But how did that mind sh- shift? How did that mind? You almost cussed. I almost did. Oh my, oh my goodness! But it didn't. Okay. Today, when did that <laughs> mindset shift for you? I, well, it's it's a really tough place to come out of. But honestly, my mind my mind set shifted. You almost cussed. Well, too. I had to pause for a minute. <laughs> I was like, which uh, nobody would have been surprised if I would have. Um, but it shifted when I was in, in rehab because, um, so one of the things that we had to do, I went to a non-Christian rehab place, which was great for me because if people would have came at me with Bible verses, I'd have been like, okay, I know that Bible verse. I know. Yeah. All things made new in Christ or whatever. But, um, it was non-Christian. Now, when I say it was non-Christian, it was like super non-Christian. So I had this religious ceremony. We're out in Tucson. So it was like this native american religious ceremony called kiva um i don't i and i went to it and it was one of the most bizarre experiences of my life so i'm sitting there and they burn something i don't know to some guide and then um i'm not trying to be insensitive i'm just telling you exactly what happened there was a guy and he was leading it and he was like hey uh, hey uh, hey uh, and 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 that didn't freak me out the white guy on the front row singing the song with him freaked me out i was like what in the world is going on and so after this service this um this person walked up to me and she said are you a believer and i was like maybe and <laughs> she said i'm not digging this kiva thing she said, what if next week we met and did a Bible study? And I was like, okay. So the next week um, we met, did a Bible study. At the end of that Bible study, um, there were two girls that came up and said, um, what were y'all doing? We're like, Bible study. They're like, oh, we want to come. All right, okay, next Sunday during Kiva. So the next week we had three people. So we went from one person to three person people. The next week we did it, there were five people that showed up. And and so, like, I had the fastest growing church in America. I went from one to five. I mean, do the percentage. In a rehab and, facility. In a rehab <laughs> facility where people were like, um, and, and here's the crazy thing. Out of all the people that showed up, I think me and the original person that started it were the, were the only Christians. But I realized there, and God used that experience to show me, that the local church has more potential for changing the world than any other organization. I mean, when a local church is working right, lost people get found, um, found people get grown up, the excluded get included, the prodigals come home, and God gets the glory for it all. And at the end of the day, I think that's a great thing. So I'm just going to go ahead and ask this because I think a lot of other people are wondering it as well. But what if Second Chance doesn't grow as large as New Spring? Doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter We're, we are going, we are going to grow. We are going to reach people for Christ. 
And I believe it's going to be immeasurably more than all I could have ever asked or imagined. But I will not compete with who I used to be because at the end of the day, I believe New Spring is going to reach people for Christ. I believe Second Chance is going to reach people for Christ. And as long as both churches are focused on reaching people for Christ, the kingdom kingdom absolutely wins. Um, the third reason is I believe community is essential for transformation. But why? Why is that? Because, I mean, isn't it possible to love Jesus and not love the church? Yeah, I get that. I've heard the whole Jesus doesn't burn people, but a lot of churches do. But at the end of the day, Jesus knew what was best. We need each other. I discovered this when I was in rehab. I'm sitting around in rehab. And, and by the way, the best leaders in rehab are the former junkies. In fact, in a lot of rehab facilities, they, they won't even hire you unless you've been a junkie. And so in, think about this for a second. And this goes back to the qualification question. In the world you got to be a former junkie to lead a rehab group. But in the church, if you're a former junkie, you're disqualified. I think, I think that's a little bit jacked up. I think some of the best people that could lead are the people that have not been perfect, but the people that have fallen down and have scrapes and bruises and wounds and look at people and say, you know what, I fell down, but I'm standing back up, and if I can, you can too. Little little side, little sidetrack there. Um, but Jesus, Jesus knew that that we needed one another. When I was in in rehab, I remember when I got there, um, I was in my therapy group, and they were like, "Hey, tell us your story." And I got ready to talk, and this one guy looked at me and he said, "Hey, man, no bullshit." And I was like, "What?" I don't know. Maybe we should put the explicit tag on this one. Um, he said, "No, no bullshit." He said, "You got to tell the truth. You've." got to tell the truth. And when I experienced more grace in that group and more healing, I experienced in a lot of environments in my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what the church needs. Because at the end of the day, I think churches, we tell people, um, you know, it's, it's okay to come here if it's okay to come here. If you're messed up, it's okay to come here. If you're messed up, it's okay to come here. But what we're talking about, what we're actually mean is if you've messed up in the past, it's okay to come here. If you messed up in the past, but you got your life together, it's okay. But if you mess up now, then it's not okay. But in rehab, <laughs> we all sat around the circle and nobody was there because they had their stuff together. And so at the end of the day, I really do believe community is essential for life transformation. And the, and the fourth reason is, is I know what I'm called to do. Um, I know I'm called to, I know I'm called to build a church, to plant a church. I remember a friend of mine named Brian, um, Brian Tom, who's pastor of a church in Cincinnati. Actually, they got campuses in Kentucky now. And he was asking me, he, we were talking one time and he said, what do you think you're going to do? And I said, long-term, I said, I think I want to start a church. I'm going to build a church one day. And he was like, are you sure you want to do that? He's like, think about it. You got to have paperwork. You have to hire people. You have to recruit volunteers. You have to load in. You have to load out. Like, are you really, really, really sure that you want to start from scratch? And I was like, absolutely. In fact, as he was talking, I was actually getting fired up because at the end of the day, 
Um, the local church still keeps me up at night in a good way. I literally can't imagine doing anything else in the world. I didn't dive back into church work because I thought church work was going to be easy. Um, I dove back into church work because at the end of the day, God's, I feel like God's called me to do it. And I know that the church is going to make a difference that's going to matter in 2000 years. So if you're out there and you're working in a church, um, and, and you're wondering, is it going to make a difference? Um, no, it's not going to make a difference. It's making a difference now. So keep up the good work because you might not get to see it on this side of eternity, but on the other side of eternity, you'll get to see it and you'll get to celebrate it. At the end of the day, as a leader, you got to know why you do what you do. And it's got to come back, I believe, to calling. And as we focus on our calling, God will bring about the fruit. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.